Blog Talk Radio. Aloha and welcome to Spiritual Journey with Geraldine St. Joseph. I have a fabulous guest on today, uh, my friend and peer, Vincent Kelsey. Uh, we've done work together and we've known each other for a while, for several years. <laughs> How are you doing, Vincent? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. Thank you, Geraldine. And yes, it has been several years. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. So... What are you up to these days? I mean, today we're going to talk about the book that just came out um, about a, a hundred Hawaiian ways to be peaceful. What, what's the name of the book? Do you remember? <laughs> Messages of Peace, uh, Messages from Hawaii for 2013. So I believe the, the title is Messages of Peace from Hawaii. Exactly. And there's a link to Amazon if you would like to purchase the book in the description. I made sure I put that online for you guys. So how did you get involved in Messages of Peace? Well, having lived in Hawaii for, you know, five or six years and, and really and being based out of there still and considering it to be my home, just, you know, having made the, the connections and networking that we do, it showed up in my email one day as an invitation to, to authors, to speakers to, who wanted to contribute. And being as I had just published my own book, uh, any opportunity to to write, to speak for, for further publication and, and to just add to this, this message because it ties very much into my overall message of what I do with my own work. And I just said, yes, absolutely, I'll, I'll send something in. So and here I am. That's awesome. So how does it tie into your work? Like, what exactly do you do? How would you describe it to someone? Well, that's a good, very good question. To describe it to somebody would be a messenger of peace, I guess would be the best way to put it. The format that that's delivered in is I'm a speaker, I'm a trainer, I'm an author and a life coach and a business coach. So I, I work with individuals, I work with, with teams, but the underlying message of it is is really about working towards a peaceful world, a new way of doing things, a the, the global shift and the global change that's happening around the planet. And I strongly believe that it's really business and entrepreneurship that is the in essence the new religion, the new spirituality that, you know, will, will help to to bridge that gap and bring peace to the world. So that really resonated with me with an idea of a book coming out, especially from a place like Hawaii. You know, you know, having lived there, it's it's a, a very unique place in the world. It carries a lot of that, what they call the mana, the spiritual energy, and for to feel that go out to the world, that whole idea of aloha, and it seems to have been lost in our 21st century world to a great degree. And you had written, I see a quote from you, and said, it is about empowering leaders to step up and take action on what is in their hearts real step yeah. towards creating global peace and prosperity. Yeah. Yeah, the name of the book is Golden Dragon, The Eight Secrets. It's, it's, the subtitle is where it, it really talks about what it is. It's how to transform fear into power and lead from the heart. So, so many people are just, they, they, they feel it in their heart. They, they want to do something. They want to be involved. They know the world needs to change, but they don't know what to do. And a lot of the time, it's just fear that holds us back. And, you know, so my work is really about helping people get past that, transform that fear into the power to take action and actually work together to create the world that we want to see instead of stepping back. It's, it's the old, uh, in the 1960s, there was that song by the band 10 years after. It said, I'd love to change the world, but I don't know what to do, so I'll leave it up to you. Wow. Sort of that I idea that, you know, we we leave it up to other people to make those changes and, you know, because we don't, we feel a little bit powerless in what to do. 
Exactly. So what you're saying is be the change you want to see in the world. Exactly. As we've been talking about, I recently published a book about um, 50 small ways you can change the world every day. That's just 50 little things that anybody can do. You, you don't have any excuses not to smile when you walk down the street. You don't have any excuses not to be polite. And things like that actually start like a domino effect, I feel. So Absolutely. for a person that you train and that you help follow their heart and figure out what their heart is telling them, uh, it's like a domino effect because then they, they bring that out to the rest exactly. of the Exactly. In fact, I, the name of my company is Quantum Success Group, and you know, so I use quantum a lot in in what I talk about, and I've just coined that term called the quantum effect for what you're talking about, the domino effect, the hundredth monkey, whatever you want to call it. It's just that idea that yeah, you one person by their actions doesn't has no way to know the ripple that's going to go out from what they do to impact the world, and there's. You know, all kinds of videos on YouTube, like that woman who started the, um, the chalkboards, writing down, you know, what I love is, and and communities picked this up and started to grow, and next thing you know, it's all over the world, and all these people are connected to this, and it's you know, this person who could have had no idea uh, that they were, in essence, dropping that pebble into this ocean, and these ripples went out all over the world, and that's the idea of, of to, don't, you're called to something in your heart. And it, and it kind of eats away at you, and you, you, you think about it all the time, but so many people never act on it. And that's the work that I want to do with people, is to, if it's, if it's calling to you, it's your calling. And, and don't worry about it so much. Just get into action and start doing it, and, and it will take on a life of its own. So what, what triggers would you say people need to look for in their being that would allow them to know that that's their heart calling and not something else like that just logic or emotion or something other than it's, actual destiny or desire. How, yeah. Well, I think it is destiny. I really am a strong believer in in that our destiny is calling to us and that we this idea of time that there isn't past, present and future. It, it's a river. And we can kind of just sort of jump into that at any point. And, and we do have a future that's done. And so when there's something we can't stop thinking about that, that we, we always want to do and year after year after year, and it show up in different formats. But, you know, for some people it's writing a book. And they constantly they talk about it and they think about it. Well, at some point people ask me, how did you write your book? Well, you know, I finally stopped talking about it. I sat down and said, I'm going to do this. And I just made myself do it until it was done. And that's really the only way to get something done is to, Finally, just do it. <laughs> it sounds so simple. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And and that's the power of it is that it really is so simple. It really is so simple. And as human beings, we we love to overcomplicate things mm-hmm. and to imagine. And the, the you know the best definition I ever heard of fear is that fear is the anticipation of future pain. And that's all it is. It's our minds make up a story of all the stuff that's going to happen, and most of it never ever does. Exactly, and, and it's but, a waste it's of energy. <laughs> it is. And I, I'm guilty. I mean, I've spent months and months and months in, in that cycle, on that um, crazy cycle. It's it's Tony Robbins and Chloe Madans have coined a term, they've called it the crazy eight cycle, where you spin from one side to the other of sort of despair that you're ever going to do this and doubt back over to just anger and frustration and back to depression again. And the only way to really break out of that cycle is through action, because action transforms the fear. Exactly. Now, when you work with people, like you said you did coaching, do you help them figure out 
like what do they have to know what their fears are or is there a way to to disperse that without having to go into exactly what they're afraid of or or how do you do that well when they say fear shows up in so many different ways Mm -hmm. procrastination is a form of fear anger is a form of fear depression is a form of fear all of that underneath it all if we were to peel all those back there's fear at the root of that and so to say what somebody's fear is, we're not talking, you know, fear of heights or fear of spiders or any of those types of fears. It's more the internal things, the the self-talk, the mm-hmm. the limitations that we put on ourselves, to the, just that we to keep us from taking the actions. And the way to identify that really is just look at your life, look at the results that you have. You know, if if what 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 you keep wanting to do, you're not doing. Mm-hmm. Well. That's the fear. There's the place, and you, you know, just to look at and say, well, what is it? What keeps coming up? You know, what am I? What am I? What do I need to do that I'm not doing? Because I say there's only two reasons why people don't get to what they want in their life: is they either don't know what to do, or they know what to do and they're not doing it. And 80% of the time, it's the second one. <laughs> I love that. That's great. I might steal that. They don't Go know. Ahead. They don't know what to do, or they know what to do and they're just not doing it. That is so. Simple and profound at the same time because it's so true. What do you think? One, oh, go ahead. To, oh, well, the first part is so simple. If you don't know what to do, you can just learn it, right? But uh, uh, having been a seminar junkie myself and see so many people who keep going to seminars and seminars and books and tapes and always searching for that, they have enough. And I would say to anybody listening to this right now, you already have enough. Stop mm-hmm. it and just put into action what you already know. You know? And then, you know, so... What were you going to say, Gerald? I'm sorry. What do you think about uh, the idea of a fear of success? Like, absolutely, mm-hmm. fear of success is a very valid fear, and it's one that I've had myself. I talk about that in my book because, what if I succeed and suddenly I have a responsibility to all these people and this this big organization or something, and I lose my freedom? And what that normally is, it's not. A lot of the times, fears aren't fears; they're conflicts of values. For me, freedom has always been my highest value. So to succeed could mean sacrificing my freedom. So therefore, there's always been this fear, as a word, to not of succeeding because of what it might cost me. Oh, but that again, makes a lot of sense. A self-made fear, mm-hmm. because yeah, it's usually, you know, as human beings. Somebody said to me the other day, he used to be in sales. And when he was younger and he got so many no's, he eventually just got out of sales because he couldn't take it anymore. And I said, well, that's normal. If you think of a dog, if you kick a dog enough, the dog's eventually not going to come near you anymore because it gets to know it's going to be kicked. As humans, we move away from what's painful. And so if we see success as potentially being painful, we, we don't want to move towards it. We want to move away from it. Yet that causes a conflict because, you know, we really want it, but we don't want it at the same time. And so there's no easy solution on that. Well, and isn't part of the issue that once you've got it, I guess there's two things. Once you have your success, what do you strive for? Where do you go from there? And the second thing I would say is that once you have it, then somebody can take it away from you or something can take it away from you. That's something to lose. Whereas yeah. as long as you're not acting, the potential is always there. So you say, well, it could be, but you never actually have to face the reality of having it, physically having it or emotionally having it. Right, because then you don't have to to face the fear of losing it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the most powerful analogy, one of the things we do in our events with people and our work with people is the fire walk, the, mm-hmm. you know, walking barefoot across red-hot coals. And the reason we do that 
is because of exactly what we're talking about. I'll never forget where I was doing it one time and there was somebody watching and he finally came up and he said, can I do this? I said, absolutely, you could do this. And he walked across and when he got to the other side, he turned and the look on his face and he said, that was so easy. Mm-hmm. And that's it, exactly. You know, The very thing that we're afraid of, how do I put this? We're standing in one place right now and when we look up to where we'll be when we're successful, we think we couldn't handle that and what if we lose it? But by the time we get there, we've developed and we've become a different person and a stronger person. And so we're not worried about that anymore. We have different worries. You know, it's, it's sort of, does that make sense? Yes. Well, because you're growing and everything around you is growing and changing. So your perspective changes. Exactly. And when your perspective changes, then your needs change, your wants change, your desires change to a certain extent. But that one key thing that you feel driven to do or to be remains the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're just a much better, uh, bigger person. And you can, what looked like a big problem from the one perspective, when you reach a different level, is no longer a big problem anymore. It's a small problem. Exactly. So, now, would you say that people have the same, I don't know, destiny or calling their entire life? Or do people, like, once they have achieved something, are they given something else to do? Or how does that work? Um, In... I think we have a a purpose, and and when I say purpose, it's not something specific. It's 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 what calls us inside. For example, one of the exercises I have in my book is for people to to discover, go back and look back at from when they were very young up until who they are now, and follow the sort of a thread because something will show up, and it'll be something consistent. And that's your destiny, your purpose. And maybe it's that you've both just always loved animals and you've always worked with animals and you know, you've always wanted to be a veterinarian or something. Well, that's, that's who you are. That is why you're here. And it doesn't mean that that's all that your life is. Right? There's all kinds of other things. You may be a musician and a dancer and you may love to crochet and all these other things, but your core essence of who you are mm-hmm. is that you've come to this planet or this incarnation or whatever we want to believe around that to do this one thing, you know, to be of service in this one area. And for me, it's been speaking and training and writing. It's always been there. You know, I, I'm, I know who I am and what I need to do. And for other people, it's, that's why I say about listening to that thing that's always nagging at you and always mm-hmm. calling to you. And because that's trying to tell you something. It's trying to tell you why you're here. And, and all that's holding you back from that is the fear. And, and, and talking, bringing this back to, you know, the book Messages of Peace is we're at a time in the world right now where, you know, back in the 60s, John Lennon was saying, give peace a chance. So the world really wasn't ready yet. But we've kind of grown and we've grown up and we're coming to a place where, you know, I think that we're, we're stepping into that. We're realizing that so many of these people around the planet have this calling inside themselves to be part of this, to be part of this movement. And all that's holding anybody back is this fear and this, you know, belief of, you know, not, not being good enough or that, you know, what can I do? And as your book says, you know, you can do a lot, you know, yeah. simple steps add up. If everybody's doing that, there's, there's, there's big change all of a sudden. Exactly. Now, we're about halfway through the show, so I do want to let people know we're speaking to Vincent, Vincent Kelsey. And, Vincent, could you give us all your contact details, including your website? Yes. My website is quantumsuccessgroup.com. That's quantumsuccessgroup.com. 
And if they want to contact me directly, the, you can send me an email to Vincent, just my name, Vincent at EpicU, and that's E-P-I-C-Y-O-U dot com, Vincent at EpicU dot com. And the book, uh, if I can say so, is available on Amazon.com. It's called Golden Dragon, The Eight Secrets, How to Transform Fear into Power and Lead from the Heart. And I will add that link to the show description. I didn't have that there originally, but I will add that link to the show description so that people can find it. And I believe the uh, Messages of Peace from Hawaii is available up on Amazon at this point as well. Yeah, and I, that link is in the show description. Okay. So we're all we're all good there. So let me ask you this question. What does a world of peace where there's global peace look like to you? I think it doesn't look much different than it looks now, mm-hmm. except for the fact that in the countries and the areas where we're having war and conflict, that won't be there. So I guess in, in one sense, it's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's, if anybody out listening to this has ever seen Star Trek, the yeah. idea of a planet that had finally come to overcome our petty differences and to be united as one just allowed us to completely change everything. And it's, that's, that's what I envision. And why I say I see business and entrepreneurship in essence as the new spirituality is because as global business start, begins to happen and people are, are doing more business with each other on far ends of the planet, we no longer really want to go to war against our clients and our customers and our friends. And you know, this idea of war just doesn't make sense. Doesn't that is an excellent sense. point. That is excellent. I had not thought of that. One of the, I mean, people really knock this industry of of network marketing, MLM, the idea of, you know, there's been so much bad, but there's no other business that I've seen for the average person, and I'm not promoting anything, by the way, and I'm not in an MLM. It's just that as a business model, it's global. People are in every country, and they become like part of a family, no matter where they are or what country they're in, and that's what I see happening. That's the beginning of the change because once people are are in that and they're doing business together and they're becoming financially free and they're, then they're starting to think, well, what now? What can we do to make the world better? How can we impact? And when you have a million or a billion people in a certain industry all over the planet deciding to how can we make the world better with our wealth and our our um, our ideas and, and our energy, that's the idea of this golden dragon global network. Uh, and, and when I say golden dragon, the reason the book is called that is because this idea uh, in in Western mythology, the dragon is always right about fear, and you know we've seen the Hobbit, Schmog, the terrible destructive dragon. But in Eastern mythology, the dragon is wise and beneficial and connected with the elements, and it's actually a um, symbol of power and wisdom and sagacity and gold is the highest level to, to, to reach up to. So being a golden dragon is, is when you've really evolved as a human being to you know, have, have reached your full potential and are seeking to, to work, make the world a better place with your presence now. Wow. It's interesting, I think, when we look at Eastern culture versus Western culture and we see, like the West, where even in the Bible, one of the trees we weren't allowed to eat from was the Bible, was the tree of knowledge. Hmm. We're so afraid of of being wise, and it just seems very interesting to me that when you go in the other direction, they're all about like getting to really know your entire being, 
Whereas for us, it's about disconnecting from who you are and, and not connecting with your physical being and, and denying yourself and denying who you are. So that's something that really needs to to change a great deal, I believe, before everything can can take place where we can all be peaceful because we have to be at peace with ourselves before we can really truly be at peace with the rest of the world. What do you think? Absolutely. Well, I actually teach uh, leadership, uh, one of the leadership trainings that I do, and I say that there's three levels of leadership that are required, and the first level is leadership itself. It's Mm -hmm. exactly what you're talking about. Until you've learned to master your own emotions and master your own thoughts and feelings and, and really get to know yourself and know who you are, you can't move to the next level of leadership, which is leadership of others whether that's your, you know, really effectively, whether that's a team, your family, at work, and, you know, you can never reach that, what Maslow's hierarchy of needs to self-actualization. Even Maslow at the end of his life, he said, you know what, I've realized is I had it backwards. Self-actualization is actually the first level, not the place where we reach at the end. Mm -hmm. And that's just what we're talking about, what you're saying is Mm -hmm. that's first level of leadership. And, you know, but then you can reach the third level, which is, of course, that global leadership that I'm talking about. Like the Dalai Lama. Exactly. Someone like that. And hopefully like the new Pope. I, I think hopefully. he's adorable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pope Francis the first. And I, I was raised Catholic, so I was very interested to see who came after this last horrible decision that they made to see if they were going to go more peaceful and progressive or whether they were going to stick to their guns and, and be stuck in the mud. So... I'm very glad to see they found somebody who walks their talk, which is yes. the way this, this gentleman seems to be. Um, with that being said, when you said master your emotions and your feelings, in a Western culture, oftentimes that's seen as subjugating, like not acknowledging. When you say master your emotions and your thoughts, can you explain that a little bit better so that people understand what you're talking about and, and realize that it's not about subjugating or holding it down or ignoring it. It's it's more about, I'll let you describe it. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah, it's not about um, subjugation at all or denial of your feelings or pushing down your thoughts and feelings. When I say mastering your thoughts and emotions and mastering your feelings, it's being in control of them rather than them being in control of you. It's the idea that, for example, of feeling anger. Anger is a very powerful emotion, but it's just an energy. And that energy can actually be pushed into channel for good. But when somebody doesn't have the ability to control that, it can become like, it's like a fire. If you imagine a fire, mm-hmm. when the fire is controlled, you know, you can cook on it, you can use it for great things. But when it's out of control, it destroys everything in its path. And this is what I mean. So when, it's, when you don't have control over it and have mastered it, when you've mastered it, you can use it, use it to the benefit. You can transform it into power, into what you need to be, into action and effectiveness. But when you let it master you, then you've lost control. Then you're subjugated to it rather than you subjugating your emotions. And that's when people explode, when they hurt others, when people, you know, in that moment of jealous rage or whatever, they, they commit a crime that they live for the rest of their life. That's what I'm talking about. And, and it's also understanding what your emotions are there to do and what they're there for. Why are you jealous? Jealousy is a fear of loss. 
It's about exactly. being out of control. It's not about being being in control. It's not about love at all. It's about possession or possessiveness. Just like the anger usually is a signal for hurt or fear. What are you afraid of? What were you hurt by? Go deeper into the emotion and figure out what is it pointing you towards that you need to discover about yourself or about your situation? What is it that you need to see instead of letting it just run rampant and become uh, a temper tantrum like a two-year-old has? Absolutely, and that's a very good analogy because when I talk about this idea of self-development and stepping up and leadership, it's in a way in the world we've been like children, running rampant in the world, taking temper tantrums, doing whatever we want, and now we have to grow up. Now we're evolving and, and, and becoming adults in spirit, as it were. And part of that is that recognition of the emotions and being able to observe them and let them flow. And, and I mean, none of us are perfect. I'm, I get angry. Um, I happen to live over in Asia right now, and traffic is, you know, if you've ever been in an Asian city, it's, it's uh, I don't know how to put it politely, but it's, it's insane traffic. <laughs> and sometimes that can bring up some feelings like road rage and anger and frustration. And so those are just opportunities for us always to, to for self, self-reflection and to look at ourselves and go, okay, I still have a little bit of work to do there, obviously. You know, and but it's that awareness, that self-awareness, that is the key. Exactly, exactly. And once you get to know yourself, then you can understand other people better. Um, one of my favorite sayings is not to judge someone until you walk a mile in their shoes. Well, how can you walk in someone else's shoes when you're not even walking in your own? Wow. That's very well put and a good um, description of how, many, how people operate in the world, that judgmental, judging other people without actually knowing themselves. And you, you nailed it right on the head. It's when you know yourself and you know why other people act the way they do because you know yourself. You know why you get angry. You can understand why someone else is getting angry. instead of. So it's responding to them rather than reacting to them. Exactly. So we are down to the last three minutes of the show, okay. and I want to know if there's anything that you would like to say that I have not brought up, or is there? Do you have any events coming up? I mean, I took your, I did the fire walk with you in Hawaii, and that was just extraordinary for me. So I would highly recommend anytime you you do speak or you do have any type of event that people go because you really are very inspirational and motivational. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And, you know, there's always events happening. Um, I travel all over the world and, and do these events and these firewalks. And certainly my work has evolved since, you know, you came and, and did the work with me. But the core essence of it always remains the same. It's empowering. It's it's powerful. And it's really teaching people to transform that fear into power. So I've, I've hopefully done a good job in my book of taking a lot of what people would learn by coming to the event and putting it into there. So that would be a good place for, for people to start and get a, a taste of me if they would like to, to learn more and experience more. And you know, by, on the website, I'll always keep people informed of, of where events are happening or what I'm doing. Very good. Um, my other question is, now you say you travel all over the world. Do people have to be in the same space as you to get coaching and, and learn these things? Do they just need to buy the book, or are you available by phone? Do you do... Um, podcasts like or anything like that is there anything else that you offer 
You know, I'm podcast is a great idea, being as we're on this right now. It's like <laughs> something I'd like to start to share my information. But coaching, absolutely. Um, I coach people all over the world. We we coach through Skype, just like we're doing this call. And you know, it's it's totally 100% effective. We're there together in presence. And so, no, I don't have to be present with anybody to work with them. The live events, of course, you know, those are um, you know, awesome. happening in city, different cities and things. But Those are very awesome because the energy there is just amazing when there's a, a group of people with the same focus. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, the idea is, you know, I have my vision, by the way, of, of this whole thing is to create in the next – you know, the years that I have remaining in my life mm-hmm. to create 10 million golden dragons leaders around the world, transformational leaders who are really committed to changing the planet and learning how to first master their own lives, make their own lives better, and then serve and make other people's lives better. So, And eventually making the whole world a better place for everybody. That is an awesome, awesome goal. Uh, we're down to the last minute, so what I would like you to do is, again, give your contact information so that our listeners have it. And, again, we're we're speaking with Vincent Kelsey. Okay. Vincent J. Kelsey, quantumsuccessgroup.com, vincent at epicu.com. That's E-P-I-C-Y-O-U.com. And Vincent is an international speaker and teacher, and he does do coaching. So if you are interested in any of his services, please contact him. This is Geraldine St. Joseph with Spiritual Journey. My email is Geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. That's G-E-R-A-L-Y-N at voiceofspirit.com. Let me know if you have any ideas for future shows or if you have any questions. So we both want to say aloha. and we Aloha. Well, I'll talk to you next time. Vincent will probably be on at some time in the future because he's got a lot to say. Right, Vincent? I do. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Thank you very much for tuning in. And don't forget to look up Vincent's new book. And the name of the book is, Vincent? Golden Dragon, The Eight Secrets, How to Transform Fear into Power and Lead from the Heart. And the book from Hawaii? Is Messages of Peace from Hawaii. Thank you very much, Vincent. You have a good day. Thank you, Gerilyn. You too.